Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, I'm I'm well. My baby's <laughs> turning 18. Yes. So I'm old as hell, in other yeah. words. So that, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> right. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe that Mars is going to be 18 tomorrow. That's no, crazy. Either. I know. It's wild. We were at the grocery store today and her dad handed her some money and told her told her to go buy a lottery ticket like out of the machine. And she's like, I'm, I'm not allowed to do that. And he's like, you're pretty close. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Wild. Yeah. Damn old. Well, I hate mm. to tell you this, but my kid is going to be 25 in a week. Yeah. So you think you're old? Not as old as me, sister. <laughs> you'll, you'll always be older than me. I, I will always be older than me. That is true. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, have I got a case for you today? Yeah. So this is a cold read. So I'm going to present this case to Katie. This is a case that's local to us, but it happened in 98. I kind of remember when it occurred. I don't know if you do, um, but I don't think that's going to affect the cold read at all because I don't think we've ever read this case before. Um, but I always think it's kind of interesting for us in Idaho to do our own local cases because to be perfectly honest, yeah. you guys probably don't hear about most of them because most people don't even know if Idaho and Iowa are different states. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that experience many a time. So mm -hmm. uh, this is a case. Actually, uh, this young man went missing on May 16th, 1998. His name is Christopher Holverson, and he's from Idaho Falls, which is where I live. He had just graduated in 97 from Skyline High School, which is one of the high schools here. So he has been missing for 22 years. There is absolutely no, I'm going to tell you the story, but it's so, there's so little information. It is crazy. It is still an open case. He's missing out of Jefferson County. So, um, I think it's Jefferson County. Well, no, it isn't. It's Madison County. I'm sorry. Got that wrong. It's He's actually missing out of Madison County. So it's Madison County that has investigated his, his case and still has it open. Katie, that's obviously your county. Mm -hmm. So let me tell you what happened. So he went uh, camping and was going to hike. They were at the Table Rock Campground. And this is in May. This the elevation there is sixty four hundred feet. So there was still snow on the ground. This was a pretty. It was pretty early to be going up there. Frankly, um, he was there with uh, a group of people. He was there with seven underage people and one other adult because he was eighteen. So it was probably one other eighteen year old kid and a bunch of seventeen, sixteen yeah. year old kids. So they were up there to camp, and. There was some kind of an incident with him and a girl and he got mad and he left. He just walked off. And apparently that was kind of common for him. Like behaviorally, if he got mad, he would just kind of, you know, wander off and he didn't like um, arguing. So he would just walk away. Um, but she said, uh, Chris is the type of person to just leave, but he usually comes back. So they didn't think a lot of it when he first walked away, thinking, ah, oh, you know, he'll he'll come back. It'll be okay. Mm -hmm. So well, he physically walked away. He didn't drive away. Like, yeah, walked. physically walked away. Yeah. Up there at Table Rock Campground. I mean, yeah. it's not like there's anything near that other than 
you know, forest and mountains. Yeah. There's not. So um, after he didn't come back for a while, some of his friends went looking for him because they thought he'd just walk off for a while, be angry and settle down, come back. Right. Sure. Well, he didn't. And they looked all over in the campsite. He's not there. And the next morning he still hadn't shown up. And so that's when they called the police and reported him missing. There were all kinds of rumors, as you can imagine, with this. Um, but the police chased down every single one of them and they never found anything to be actually true. There were some things said that he was killed as part of a gang dispute, which that just cracks me up in 1998 from Idaho Falls. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, or the result of a drug deal gone bad. It turned out that he had been smoking pot and had paraphernalia in his house at home. Um, and another kid that was up there camping with him also, they call it paraphernalia. They were smoking pot. Okay. It's not right. No. I don't call that paraphernalia, but apparently the law did. No, but here in 1998, if you were smoking pot, they that was as bad as smoking meth. I mean, yes, that's absolutely. Way. Absolutely. They were taking that's that. The way marijuana has been treated in Idaho until oh, very recently. And it still is, yeah. frankly. Oh, stupidly. Yeah. So um, they search all over for him up there. Of course, you know, they're searching in this is major wilderness. This is up in the Rocky Mountains. This is real rural. There's one road in and one road out. And as they're searching, they do talk to somebody who said that they saw a, a young man walking down the road the night that he went missing. And they were able to describe what he was wearing, which was a blue jacket that had a white stripe on the side. And that was pretty specific information. And so they were pretty sure that it probably was him mm -hmm. that this person saw. And he was just walking down that road. It's Forest Road 218. And that is all they have. It was around midnight when he walked off. So it was in the middle of the night. It was it was sl sleeting, which sleet is um, snow and rain mixed. So it's almost cold enough to snow, but not quite. And, but it's definitely not weather to be outside in. It is cold and yucky. Sleet is awful. So it's not like people wouldn't stay out in it, in, you know, intentionally for a long period yeah. of time because it's really yeah. uncomfortable. And, you know, his dad just... His, his poor dad, Terry, um, you know, still is so torn up about this that there's just no information at all. And he says it just doesn't make sense that he would walk away like that and not come back because all he had was just his coat on. You know, right. he didn't have like the kind of gear he should have had to be out in the snow at night. Um, he's really questioned, has questioned for a long time if it, this was actually something that was done by the people he was camping with. None of them have ever been charged or questioned as, you know, I mean, they were questioned, but they were never seen as suspects because there just is no, there's nothing. There's no evidence of yeah. all at all, you know? Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. So he left his truck at his uh, mother's house in Ryrie, which is a little community kind of between Idaho Falls and, and Rexburg. So he left his truck there and rode with other people. So he didn't have his own vehicle while he was up there. Um, his mom and his cousin who saw him that day said he, he seemed fine. He seemed like himself. He didn't seem like something was wrong. Um, the family was struggling because his, uh, Chris's parents were going through a divorce. So okay. his mom, Marie, was living in Ryrie. His dad was in Idaho Falls. And, you know, that was really about the only thing that they could pinpoint that he might be upset about. 
And he was angry about it. You know, his dad said he was a teenage kid angry at his parents for getting divorced. And he was sure. a teenager and had a lot of things to be angry about, you know, but it yeah. wasn't like that was the big thing, you know, yeah. nothing really going on in his life that would indicate that. Um, all of the campers that he camped with said, told the same story. Um, they all remember him as he stepped out of the tent. He tripped and some of them teased him and they said, how was your trip? See you next fall. And Chris laughed, they said, and then that was the last they saw of him. He just wandered and walked off. It does seem a little weird to me that like they got that story from several people's kind of word for word. It does make me question, was this kind of rehearsed? Um. You know, the police didn't see the kids as, as suspects. Uh, he, he, he said, the police officer said, and this is a dumb thing to say. I'm just going to say it right now. But he said, these weren't killers. They were just normal kids. <laughs> as opposed to abnormal kids that could be killers, right? Right. Like, um, how long have you been a police officer? Like, come on. He said, if I was them and I knew something, I don't think I could live with myself. So he's making a lot of assumptions about mm -hmm. these kids because really they are the only people that had access to harm this kid other than the car that saw him on the road. Yeah. So seems strange, you know. Um, Chris's dad, Terry, takes uh, flowers to the Table Rock campground each year on the anniversary of his disappearance. He said he doesn't dare leave anything else up there because it might get vandalized, which is true. There Definitely. are that that's kind of a party spot for kids, mm -hmm. kind of well known as a party spot. But you know, his dad says that it just never goes away for him that they don't know what happened. And he he is convinced that he doesn't believe that his son just walked away and never came back. He just doesn't believe that. He really believes that his harm came to him that night mm -hmm. and he wishes that he could just know, you know, yeah. what happened. So okay. Katie, what do you think? What happened to Chris Olverson? I do remember this case. So for all transparency's sake, I do remember this case. After um, I read it, I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I kind of recall this. Yeah, I do too. Uh, here's what is coming through for me. I will agree. I feel like he was in kind of a fragile emotional state, but I think he kind of was anyway. He was pretty, uh, he was a little easy to hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. And well, You know, the fight with the girl was over her not paying enough attention to him. Ah, uh, okay. So it's interesting you say that because that really okay. does um, track with what he said. Yeah, definitely. Or with what she said, I mean. Yeah. I, he did, what What I, he's showing me is that he did walk away uh, just to, yeah, just get some air, get some clarity, just, uh, yeah, he was, he was feeling hurt. Mm -hmm. um, and I do feel like, the fact that he was feeling shitty about his parents divorcing, like he did kind of feel like, you know, the world was against him at that point, mm -hmm. but he walked away. Um, he says that he walked further than he meant to. He just kind of got lost in his thoughts and walked for a ways. Mm -hmm. And at some point he realized that there was something was tracking him or following him. Ooh. And he turned around and started heading back towards camp. I feel like he was attacked by a mountain lion. I don't think that there would be evidence of it or, or maybe even a few. I mean, mountain lions are weird. They are usually solitary, but occasionally you'll see a few together. And mm -hmm. I'm not convinced this happened alone, but he ran off the road. 
I feel like they chased him off the road and he ran a ways. He shows me slipping and falling and sliding in like snow and mud and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that eventually, yeah, but that's what happened. I don't feel like they left like blood or traces. I feel like he was dragged into a den or a cave somewhere. And I don't think his remains will ever be found. I don't, I do feel like he did die that night. I don't feel like this was a suicide. I don't feel like it was a murder. I, I feel like, I will tell you that I feel like the reason that story sounds a little rehearsed is because it was not because they were rehearsing it, but because they were all trying to remember exactly what happened, you know? And so there okay. was kind of a conversation about, well, okay, but he did this. Oh yeah. Well, you remember he fell and we said that and they're like, oh yeah, well then, you know, so there kind of had been a coming together of the story, but mm-hmm. not really for various reasons. They had just discussed okay, when did we last see him? Exactly what happened? Like, you know, they were trying to figure it out as well. Yeah. Uh, but I do feel like it was a, it was just a wild animal attack. He was out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in a place he shouldn't have been, you know? Right. Right. I mean, that's it. That's dangerous wilderness. You don't go out. Very dangerous wilderness. And, alone, you know, no. definitely is not something that you should do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. But, you know, it, it's not that he deserved that, of course, for that, but but it was a place he shouldn't have been, you know, doing something he shouldn't have been doing. But at any rate, uh, but I think that because it was sleeting and raining and snowing and like, I, I feel like his tracks probably didn't last very long because of what the weather was doing. They found some tracks in the mud somewhere, but they were never able to prove that they, was, they were actually his. I mean, mm-hmm. up there it is sleeting and it's May. Mm-hmm. There are going to be tracks all over in the mud. Mm-hmm. It's a mess. Yeah. And it's a it's weird time to be up there, to be perfectly honest. I don't know why you'd want to camp up there in May. Right. Well, definitely. That sounds like misery to me, honestly. But, you know, but they're teenagers trying to have fun, you know. Right, right. Obviously, yeah. I mean, it and would be miserable as an adult. Like, I wouldn't do it. But. Well, there's literally nothing around here for teenagers to do. Wasn't yeah. then, isn't now. So, you know, I'm not surprised. But at any rate, uh, but yeah, I, I feel like it's that simple. It, it was, I feel like he died the night he disappeared. And, but again, up in that area, I mean, that's some pretty deep wilderness. And I feel like there's probably a lot of hidden away dens and things like that, that, uh, yeah. you know, no one would ever see or know about. And right. I do feel like that's what happened. But and And bones around for this long, I mean, scattered and. It's not like you're going to find a skeleton at this point, which is no, awful. definitely no. Yeah, definitely no. Which is really sad for his family that they haven't ever gotten closure. I think it's really sad for the kids that he camped with too, because they also, yeah. you know, and, and yes, the community. There's been so many rumors about, you know, maybe someone did this or that. I feel like at one point some of those kids kind of turned on each other, and were like, well, maybe you did this, or it, I remember that it got ugly and, and quite mm-hmm. unfair. To the people that well, and all because there'd been some pot smoking, then that suddenly meant, oh my gosh, they're terrible yeah. gang member, right. whatever. Just yeah. so dumb, so dumb. Yeah, a bunch of kids doing drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, they lost all credibility because of that. It's crazy. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Now that's just really sad. It's sad for all of everyone involved with that. It is, including him. He had his whole life in front of him. Yeah, he did. He did. And what a you know, just a freak thing. To happen. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I kind of hope his dad can come to some, you know, I, I think his dad very clearly believes he's dead. I don't think there's any question. Yeah. 
I think he does too. And at least there's some peace in that maybe, you know, yeah. and not thinking that uh, he just, you know, hitchhiked to Los Angeles to start a new life or some ridiculous thing, you know, that's right. just not at all what happened here. No, no. And I mean, if you were going to do that, you would not start at the Table Rock campground. Believe me. <laughs> that no, is but not also, where you would start. Yeah. But I think it's also important to stress that this was not self-harm. He didn't do this to himself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was, you know, there was a lot of question around that, you know, emotionally, was he unstable? Yeah. Didn't seem like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for that read. I, you bet. I hope that maybe can bring some peace to people who know about this case. Yeah. You know, it, it's good to know that, that he died at least that he died that night. And it's not like he was, you know, lingering somewhere where no one could get to him or yeah. those kinds of things. I think there is a little bit of a piece in that story. Mm -hmm. I, I hope so that, yeah, that it's not a peaceful death, but at least there's some peace in knowing that he didn't, suffer beyond that and yeah yeah for sure yeah. all right well thank you for that i appreciate it you bet absolutely well you have been listening to true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters you can find us on facebook and you can find us on patreon if you like the work that we are doing go over there and become a patron and get some free content we we put up extra content every month for our patrons we really appreciate all of you you help keep us doing what we're doing and we always ask, you know, please subscribe, like, and share. If you like what you're hearing, help yeah. us grow because that's what we want to do. We love what yeah. we do and we appreciate all of you. Yep. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks. Have a good day. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.